the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 75 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Well, this episode is all about our One Voice USA recap. So, Paul was on the ground, and I was joining remotely, and so we just wanted to share what some of those highlights were for a little bit. Yeah, and I want to say to our audience, there won't be as much content as some of our other conference spectaculars, including One Voice USA Virtual, because I was part of the tech team, which meant I was busy a lot of the time. And I told Hugh and Peter and JMC that this would be the case, that if I sign on to help out, you're probably going to lose some podcast content, and they seem to be okay with that. So hopefully you are as well. <laughs> Wonderful. And if you guys haven't already listened to it, we have about a dozen mini-sodes, about like 10 to 20 minute episodes with all of the, or with the majority of the One Voice speakers. So if you didn't get to go to the event or you just want a little bit more time to learn about what they're about, we have those. Yeah, thanks to everyone who was able to participate. I talked to several of them in person that were there in Dallas, and they all thanked me for being on the show. And uh, I said, no, 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 thank you. You're, you're, the, uh, you're the superstars coming and talking to us, so I appreciate all of their time. Exactly. They, they are all very generous with their stories, with their wisdom, and, and so, oh my gosh, some of you guys are hilarious. So th I'm thinking of Scott, Katie Lee, or Scott Parkin, Katie Lee, Melissa Disney. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And on that note, I want to start off by saying, just sort of randomly, but because of the, the interview we did, I guess, I ended up spending almost uh, every couple of minutes with Paul Cartwright, who I just want to say off the bat is just fantastic. I had not met him before we did that interview. And then on the ground, I talked to him almost immediately. And then every couple of hours after each session, and actually during some sessions that we'll talk about where I was, I was running the tech and he was a, a speaker, got to spend a lot of time with him. So, Paul, it was great meeting you and hope to see more of you. Indeed. All right, and congratulations on the One Voice Award as well. He got one for Best Character Voiceover, I believe. Congratulations, Paul. <laughs> Walgreens, because it's flu season, you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. You tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites? They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. 
Hi, everybody. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know about Studio Bricks. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. So let's talk about some of the things. Like I said, you're on the ground, so, I mean, I... I admit, I felt like I definitely got a little bit of FOMO and I really missed everyone, but just for various reasons, I needed to sit this one out. But what was it like being there, being at a real in-person conference for the first time in like two years? Oh, it was refreshing. It was it was everything I hoped it would be. As you know, and we've talked about, I've basically built my career on attending voiceover conferences and they've been so helpful for me and I've reaped so many rewards from being at the various ones over the years. And this was like a a breath of fresh air and a small return to normalcy. It was a little scary because of the COVID situation, but I think we managed it pretty well. The hotel itself had a mask policy. So whenever we were in in the open spaces, we were wearing masks. JMC at the opening announced, and I think it's okay to say this now that he's left the hotel that when you're within our our confines of our of our event you can do whatever you're comfortable with so there were people who weren't wearing masks in the rooms there were people who were not wearing masks in the hallway but we did have those bracelets that that said the color code bracelets that said if if i'm okay with contact and being hugged it's i think it was pink and then if you're i think it was green for for the okay and then red for like please social distance around me okay that makes more sense red and green yes obviously us us red light system <laughs> so yeah yes. that that seemed to work pretty well 
And if not, you could just ask people. So right off the bat, there was people who were wearing masks, and I would say, oh, what are we doing? Fist bump, hug. And if it was a hug, they would just grab you, and that was fantastic. <laughs> and that is hilarious. I'm then, sure some people are just chomping to the, I need human contact. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Even me, who was pretty well introverted and not really that social most of the time. In fact, my, my wife will tell people that I'm dead inside. <laughs> Because I am just kind of. I mean, Hugh, I was so funny. I was talking with Hugh at, at, at the the Saturday Social, and he's like, "That Paul Stefano, I have never seen him smile before." I was like, "What are you talking about? He, he doesn't have like a perma grimace or anything." But like... no, it's part of my it's part of my branding and my charm, right? But I was I was hugging tons of people and that were comfortable and super and really enjoying it. But all in all, it was really great to get back to an in person event. That's awesome. Like I said, definitely feeling the FOMO, but hopefully next year I can do this one or something similar. So I'm but, curious um, from your standpoint, but, what did you think of how we pulled off the hybrid aspect? Because from the ground, it was hard to tell. I mean, sure, I was streaming things. Like literally, my job was as a technical director was to stream the content onto the remote participants. What did you think of how we pulled off the hybrid aspect? I thought it was really well done. And it was actually, since we had done... Um, One Voice USA digitally last year, it was very much like that. I mean, with just the additional in-person stuff. I mean, there were the occasional tech hiccups, um, but that's kind of par for the course. Um, Like sometimes there was like looping issues and sometimes a delay, especially it was difficult when working with... um, say some of the live like the agent feedback things because sometimes the agent would be there or sometimes they would be from their own place or sometimes like yeah so i mean there was a lot of moving parts so nothing beyond the realms of acceptable tech hiccups i think but definitely something to keep in mind if you're trying to decide if you want to join digitally or if you'd rather do it in person because i feel like the social aspects were it's definitely difficult to recreate that in a zoom format (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. And I think I think we can do a better job of communicating the the features that we have. For instance, there was a, a session in the breakout room I was managing where Dave Walsh was remotely presenting and nobody else was remote as a, as a participant. All the other participants were in the room. I mean, I think you could be on reattendance as a attendee, but there were no other speakers. So in most of these cases, there was at least one speaker in Dallas and then some remote. In this case, it was all remote, so there was nobody on stage, and everybody everybody was just watching the projector screen that we had to talk to Dave. And Dave at one point said, can we take questions from the audience? And I said, sure we can. So I took a mic out and put it in the middle of the room, and then people could talk to Dave on the TV screen or the projector screen. And I don't think that was made clear in a lot of cases, so I think we can do a better job of communicating, hey, we can have back-and-forth sound between remote and live, and it actually works pretty well. Dave actually said, oh, man, this is so cool, because he could. (laughs) I think he was feeling left out because he couldn't attend, and he was really receptive to talking to people in the room because it was like being there for him. No, that's great. So so if you're listening, Hugh, that's what I'd suggest is try to um, help all of us with our remo, romo, wait, remo FOMO, remote FOMO, um, yeah. to to give us more opportunities to participate. I know a lot of the Zoom participants were a little disappointed. They didn't get to do any of the live feedback sessions with the agencies, for example, or with the agents. So uh, if possible, e- either have a like supplemental thing that's just remote, you know, or again, just figure out what tech hoops we need to jump through in order to like, have a hiccup-free experience where people can, uh, can join in remotely. Yeah, I don't want to share too much of the back-end process because I know how it works, but 
I think if we could we could create a list of people ahead of time, then we could do what you suggest, where we have people read live, because basically it's a separate platform to stream people in. It doesn't use the same reattendance platform, but mm. we could do it if we had a list ahead of time. It's, it would be nearly impossible to do live because the tech director, in this case me, would would not be able to to pull together on on the fly. It's just yeah, and that's too many that's what parts. I'm. Exactly. That's what I'd suggest. Like, I don't I don't think we should try and do that true hybrid thing where we're actually trying to get remote people to work with in-person people. Because, again, there was a lot of hiccups involved with that. And anything can go wrong when it needs like when it's not supposed to. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it would be better to have it like separate, like like a digital version and a live version. You know, maybe that means booking an agent or someone who just can't come in person to do that. But I think showing a little extra attention to the remote attendees to feel like we aren't left out would go a long way. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about some of the highlights from from the content itself. What would you say was your, your favorite either talk or presentation or activity? I think Daniel Ross, probably off the top of my head, and it's not just because I'm a big... <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I, I really enjoyed talking with him leading up to the conference for the podcast. And then kind of was just like it was really motivating. You know, we, we've all like we all come to that stage in our career where it's like you're on the right path and you realize, you know, everything you need to be doing. You just need to keep doing it and more of it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and he just gave me a lot of uh, or, or not me specifically, but all the attendees, like just some reminders to, to take better care of yourself and to like the importance of, of a, like little things like a healthy diet, regular exercise, and, and really trying to make this career work for you as opposed to just burning yourself out on it. And just because I've been there, like, I mean, a lot of people know, like over like there is this period of time of like four or five years where I was just so focused on this and I had a full-time job, so I'm pulling like 16, 18 hour days and my health really suffered. I got back, knee, wrist pain, like all sorts of stuff. I didn't, I stopped exercising. I wasn't like, I was kind of just eating what was available, you know? So like I was gaining weight and it's just as someone who grew up swimming and enjoying working out, I, I really... Like, I miss that stuff, and I just gave it up because I was like, well, I don't get paid to do those things, so... <laughs> but anyways, he w- he was just really motivating, and so... And I've just been, like, him and Katie Lee have just been stressing the importance of physicality for your performances. And as someone with multiple joint injuries and chronic muscle tension, like, I was really, like, limiting or constricting my expressiveness, as it were. So... I've been doing a lot of physical therapy recently, and Daniel encouraged me to actually buy some dumbbells and stuff like that, and so it could work out from home. And so thank you, Daniel, for helping me improve my <laughs> my VO career or progress and my life, for that matter. So, uh, so that was probably the most impactful for me. What about you? Yeah, I hear what you're saying on that, first of all. Uh, by the way, I think I might have a hernia right now related to sitting oh, on your geez. butt all day and not doing anything physical. Yeah, it happened... <laughs> It happened when I came back. Like, nothing happened at the at this conference, but um, I guess it was on Tuesday morning. I just woke up with stabbing pain in the abdomen. Ouch. I went to my regular doctor. I'm sure you were moving a lot of stuff at the conference, Well, yeah, too. that's the thing. It was it was carrying stuff and schlepping stuff back and forth, So, and I don't normally do a whole lot of physical activity. So, uh, you know, no fault of, of the event, but um, I should probably get out and do more exercise. <laughs> we'll see, though. It's, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen the surgeon yet. My regular doctor said... Yeah, maybe it could just be a strain. Good, it's checked out. It is getting better, so fingers crossed. We'll see. 
But uh, I think my favorite part was um, just seeing, well, specifically, I was I was in room one, which is the breakout room, doing only that. So anything that happened outside room one, aside from the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies and the, the One Voice Awards, I didn't see it. But I think my favorite thing from room one was the parents panel, which was moderated by Karen Guilfrey. It had Scott Parkin, who was remote. And then in the room, we had Christy Bowen, JMC, J. Michael Collins, for those who those who don't know, and Michelle Sunholm. And uh, as a parent myself, I could totally relate to all the topics they were talking about. Now, it wasn't about how to get your kid jobs in voiceover, which is a whole other topic, and almost everybody there has done that, um, has had their kid do at least one job. But it was more about how to balance work and life, similar to what you were talking about with, with Daniel, but from a standpoint of having a family and how to make sure that you enjoy your life and this whole benefit we have of being voice actors. Karin's a big proponent of this, about how being a voice actor, and she talked about this in the interview we did before the conference, is possibly the greatest job to have with little kids because you are always home. You can, for the most part, unless you're doing a session at a studio, you can go and have lunch with your kid. You can take a walk in the stroller if they're that young. You can go to their soccer practice or baseball game. And I've enjoyed all of that. It's the main reason I became a voice actor was to quit my schlag of a, of a full-time job that was keeping me away from the family all day and stay home with my last child who was born uh, nine years ago. And I totally identified with everything they were talking about. Yeah, I really enjoyed that panel as well. I mean, I'm not a parent, obviously, but thinking about it, you know, it's something that might happen. And you want to know, like, you want to be prepared. And um, and I told Rachel that I sat in on it just in case, and her heart swooned to hear that. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but anyways, and, and, and it was a great reminder. Like, again, so much of this is, there was kind of this theme of be patient and persistent and kind to yourself, right? Like, don't, because like I said, Paul's been there, I've been there. It's really easy. And I think actually Talison Jaffe, uh, voice actor, voice director Talison Jaffe said it best. This industry rewards sacrifice. So it is very easy to burn yourself out and to and to just destroy yourself trying to pursue this. But when you do that, it's very easy to lose sight of why you're pursuing it in the first place. So again, just like, like Scott was saying for, for your kids, if it's not fun, don't make them do it, right? And for us, like, we need to find the joy in, and granted, we can't find the joy in every aspect of the business, but we do need to enjoy the process, right? It shouldn't be like, oh, I got to do these auditions. It should be, I got to do these auditions, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it really is a matter of perspective. And again, just um, for me, this was a great reminder of both how far I've come and the kind of giving you that little bit of motivation to push yourself to the next chapter. Yeah, I agree. So a couple other highlights from, from Room 1. Um, Vince Labica did an agent read, and he was great. I actually spent a lot of time with him, too, outside the, that session. I was just um, talking to him casually a lot of the weekend as well, and he's a great dude, and everybody loved reading for him because his feedback was great and uh, heard some great feedback from people about how they felt empowered by his direction, which he's not really paid to do. He's, a, he's an agent, but they really loved his direction as well. And then uh, the, mark, the leaders of marketing panel, marketing leaders of the voiceover industry, and they had uh, Kelsey Seavey, Paul Cartwright, again, told you I saw a lot of Paul, Carrie Olson, Carrie was the moderator, Brad Highland, and Celia Siegel, who was remote. And they did a great job of tackling 
how to market yourself. And Celia, of course, talked about branding and how those two things are intermingled. And I love the input from Brad, who was a multiple One Voice Award winner this weekend, as well as Wonderful. as well as the Inspiration Award winner. And uh, yeah, that they did they did great with the content they presented. Uh, were you in that one as well? Uh, that one, not uh, actually, no. I, it sucks because I was working a little bit over the weekend, so I wasn't able to catch everything, and it was really difficult because I was like, ah, there's so much great stuff going on at once. So I did like ten minutes here, twenty minutes there, um, and so unfortunately, I missed that one. Okay. <laughs> um, and there was the uh, that's... there was the OBC's first ever radio imaging panel, and like uh, like uh, Jeremy Piven said in the Cars movie, I didn't see it, AJ, but I heard it was great. <laughs> 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 I, I actually so was off the. Or, or, I was going to say I had to run that that one, but the uh, the other thing that was going on was that we were setting up for the the One Voice Awards. So I set up that panel poorly. Uh, sorry, AJ, and then then skedaddled, and Patrick Kurt Kirshner took over for me running the board. But um, I did hear some great feedback. People loved that that panel that AJ was moderating. It also had Laura Schreiber, uh, Paul Cartwright again, and Brent Stacks Williams, who was a great dude. I met him during that panel as well. And then the last panel, last panel of the day of the whole weekend, actually, in room one was Paul Cartwright doing his script and acting analysis, and that was great. I didn't know what Paul's coaching style would be like, um, but he did a great job, and I think I might contact him to, to work with him individually because I loved the way he attacked script analysis, and I could, I could hear and see the difference in people's reads. I know you were in this one. We, we were talking online about Michael Kearns and his read and how much Paul's impact had on him from his first to second take, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's great. And and Michael Kearns is actually um, a Washington, Seattle-based talent. I know. We, that's why I brought it up. Worked together. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just meant for our listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, so he's someone that I've done a number of workshops with, with Pat Fraley, with Everett Oliver, when they've come up. Um, he's just a really great guy. And um, and it was kind of nuts because like recently my girlfriend did like a like a, a radio play class and he was in it. It was such okay. a it was an interesting like I finally had my own VO degrees of Kevin Bacon. But yeah. Anyways, I think by the way um, that was the best but, use of the remote question and answer versus live read because I had seen on Facebook that you were that you were participating in this one and I was taking live questions from the audience and then I mixed that in with your comment to Paul, to, to Michael saying, woohoo! And uh, he, he got a big <laughs> kick out of that because a couple hours earlier we had talked about you and how he, had, he was friends with you locally. So it was great to mix in the live reactions as well as the live questions with the read in the room. Wonderful. Well, that's awesome. So, so this was really cool, like I was saying before, is that there's just so many different, like so much content. It was really... Like and they were spaced out pretty well. I didn't feel like ah, oh, there's four things going on at once. I can't do everything I want to do so much. And and like I said, there was so things were scaffolded in a way. I was like, oh, I can do ten minutes here, suss this one out, twenty minutes here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some other ones that I really enjoyed was uh, Randall Ryan's video game, like kind of audition do's and don'ts. So that was um, some really great stuff to hear. Some encouraging things like. If you're going to do two takes, make them very distinct. And what was extremely useful is that he showed this incredible series of auditions from this one talent who is basically trying out for three characters, but he basically gave them nine options. It was insane. Hmm. And he, he, like, he, he had a mastery of various accents. Um, he was able to create different characters within an accent and he and just listening to everything he mixed up like for example like staccato versus legato like very punctuated versus very fluid and very um 
like kind of rough around the edges versus a little bit more posh. It was really, really inspiring to hear. That's great. So that's the recap of the content. I want to talk a little bit about the social aspect because obviously it was a little bit different between your experience and my experience. I was there and we had a fiesta night and a dance night both both uh, Friday and or sorry Thursday and Friday and then we also had the One Voice Awards so I'll talk about those but what was it like from the remote end with Scott Chambers hosting by the way Scott did a great job with the intros and uh, transitions from each session I think that was all remote in case you didn't know he was at his house in Florida uh, due to a back injury unfortunately but he was able to join us and we mixed that in live between each session and I think he did a great job congratulations Scott Definitely. He is such a master MC. Um, maybe that's why they call him master of ceremonies. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it's always good to see him. Um, compared to, to past events, since we have been doing a lot of like digital conferences over the last year and a half or so, this one was definitely more tame. Like, I think during the social, we maybe had two dozen people total. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, which is about a fifth of what we've had in the past. So, yeah. But I also understand that that's just because so many people were there in person, you know? So It's probably because um, the life's, uh, life's of the party, like me <laughs> and, and AJ and, and Scott, we weren't able to, or Scott was there, sorry, but me and AJ and uh, who else is, uh, Shelly Evelina, we were all there on the ground whooping it up. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, obviously, like the the pool had been used in person kind of thing. And there was some I, I did have some nice conversation like Hugh was up all the way in the UK, like at dawn, like we joined right as like the sun was like coming up behind him in his kitchen window. I know I saw him a couple of times. Every once in a while, people would make like a, um, a, uh, a telepresence version of him. Like they would put him on, his, on, on their phone and walk him around the room. And that was cool because we would see him and realize how much effort he was putting in just to participate. So that was great. It was very cool. Yeah, so thanks you for that, Hugh. And then um, also Dervla Trainer, um, runner of VO North. She was on there for a while. Oh, I missed her. her. It was great. I did see Bob Glavin a couple times on someone's phone. That was interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was fading when he joined. I was like, all right, this is a little too much energy for me. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Dude is always on. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, though. I think it was... Because there was that split, there definitely wasn't the same, the same, uh, uh, not not the same amount of people as there was for one voice virtual. I wonder what we can do about that. I mean, we have the technology. We have the technology. We can rebuild it. We have. <laughs> we could have beamed that into the rooms. I wonder how that part, that participation would have worked. Maybe next time we can we can beam the the online mm-hmm. socials into the rooms where the parties were happening. Some, the only issue was the rooms closed down early, like the physical hotel rooms, around 11 or midnight. Ah, I see. And then we moved the party to either the hallways or, in some cases, outside. So that wouldn't have been possible. But at least for the beginning, I think we could beam them in remotely and make that a little bit more inclusive. But we'll see. But from my end of things, mm-hmm. the, the uh, networking was great the first night. Then the fiesta party where AJ McKay was the DJ was great. Lots of dancing. You even got me dancing on the floor somewhere. There's a video of, I think, Brad Hyland took of me dancing like an idiot. So that'll be out there on social media eventually. <laughs> uh, what else? The Oh, and then the One Voice Awards. So you did not attend that, right? Yes. Those Unfortunately, those were not streamed to, to remote participants. So we didn't really have a way to access. Right. So I won't share a whole lot of that because it was a paid event. But I will tell you that it was fantastically done. Um, I was nominated for an award for Best In-Show Narration. I did not win, unfortunately. Uh, Matt Cowlick won our category, which I have to say I'm surprised. Not because Matt's not good, but uh, 
I saw Brad Hyland's name in there, and I assumed he was going to win because he was winning everything that night. And he had won uh, two other awards before that, and then at the end of this conference had won the Inspiration Award. So I just figured, oh, Brad's going to win this too. Plus, it was about D-Day, a documentary on World War II's Storming the Beach at Normandy, which always pulls the heartstrings in the U.S., right? So I figured he's going to win. But Matt did a fantastic job with a documentary about dinosaurs, and he won. So congratulations to Matt. <laughs> Who but, doesn't love dinosaurs? Yeah. But the thrill for me, and I, I actually got a video of this because I was running one of the cameras inside the, the room. But I said, you know what? I'm going to film this for myself as well because uh, Randy Thomas, voice of the Oscars for so many years, was the announcer for the awards to, to, do, the, to do the nominees. The hosts were Kay Bass and Melissa Disney in the room, the MCs. But Randy was doing the announcements. So it was just like being nominated for an Oscar. And I have a video of Randy saying my name, and I'll forever cherish that. Thank you, Randy. That's pretty awesome. That's wonderful. But the awards were really well done. Um, good food. There was a five-course meal beforehand. I actually got a chance to eat, which doesn't always happen when I'm doing, doing tech for these things. So I told them privately, <laughs> but publicly, I want to really thank Jay Michael, Hugh, and Peter, and all the folks at Gravy for the Brain, because they made this possible for me to participate and still do all the work I need to do. And I don't think I was shirking any responsibilities, as far as I could tell, and they'll tell me later, I guess. But they made it possible for me to still participate, especially in the awards for which I was a, nom a nominee. And I would have hated to have missed that because I was working on the tech team. But because of the way they run the company, they made it possible for us to do both, and I'll be forever grateful. That's awesome. And I remember, like, I feel like you sound more refreshed after, <laughs> compared to some conferences I've seen you work at. So, yeah, some, some other highlights that I really enjoyed. It was really cool to see a... Uh, like an audio drama panel with uh, Sue Ziza and, and David Shin. That was definitely an area that I'm interested in in pursuing a little bit more because I miss being able to work with an ensemble. Uh, it, it was really enjoyable. And I just really loved the, the sort of the unique content that was offered this time. Like we had talked about the parents of voiceover panel, which has surprisingly never been really featured at a conference before. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Walsh, we we're talking about, had, had a wonderful talk on inclusivity, the new sound of voiceover and how we're trying to not just have a more authentic conversational style, but trying to hear, hear more diverse voices from, from different across the gender spectrum, across ethnicity. And it was just great that we're actually kind of having these conversations at these conferences. And a couple of live announce specific sessions too, which we don't often have. Melissa Disney did two. One was to talk about how to do live announce. And the other was literally just her telling stories. And it was called Behind the Scenes VO Stories, Secret Life of the Girl Next Door. And all it was was her talking about her experiences as a live announcer at all the events she's done. And, I, I mean, that may sound cheeky, as the Brits would say at first, but I found value in it. For someone who's been in the business for a while and may not need to go to a, a workshop on script analysis, maybe you have all the, the script analysis chops you need, Something, something like that is unique, and you won't see that anywhere else. So it was great to sit on that and just hear all those crazy stories from Melissa because she's just the life of the party. <laughs> For real. Like, I, she had me cracking up so much during our interview. So if you're listening, Melissa, thank you so much for the laughs. I lost so much weight. <laughs> but anyways, um, but yeah, and it was uh, like you were talking about the, the script reference. That was one of the things that I was really happy about because... Uh, I felt like a lot of the critiques that I would have given some of the talents performing for the agents is what the agent said, like slowing down, relax more, use your lower register, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just like, yay, not only am I, is my analysis all right, but I'm giving people good advice at GVA. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, 
And then speaking of, last thing I wanted to mention was it was really happy to see Katie Lee, who's just a wonderful actress and mentor friend, just doing so much uh, at the conference. She was in pretty much anything related to animation or video games. She moderated an animation and video games panel with Bill Farmer, Daniel Ross, and Julie Shields, and it was great. Like, she kept the... uh, like she's a little sassy, but it was also very funny and, and kept the, the conversation going. And it was just a delight to watch. So great to see you get uh, so much spotlight, Katie. And I can't wait to work with you again soon. And again, Katie, I was not mad at you. I was I was trying to help. So <laughs> please don't feel bad about, about shutting down. <laughs> Katie, was, uh, Katie was doing questions afterwards, like all of them. Julie, Bill, Daniel, they were all just so generous with their time. It was the last session of the day. And... Uh, they were all taking a million questions and it was like 20 minutes after the session ended and i walked in because it wasn't my room i walked in and i was like why is this still going on so i just said all right everybody we gotta go we're done and katie thought i was kicking her out but i was really just trying to help them out because i didn't want them to have to give up so much of their time even though i don't think they minded i i think i said i'll be the bad guy so you don't have to you know go get a drink have fun <laughs> yeah yeah that's hilarious. But she might have just been pulling your leg. Who knows? But yeah, it was a great conference. And I'm really glad that, um, once again, thank you to Hugh and, and JMC for having us as the podcast sponsor. And I think whatever, however you're able to join, be it remotely or in person, you're going to get something out of it. Yeah, and I want to thank Hugh, Peter, and JMC for having me on the tech team. I want to thank all of my uh, tech team compatriots, which was Mike McGonigal, Patrick Kirchner, uh, Travis Mullah, actually, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's either Mullah No, you know, the Cajun pronunciation, or Mullah Nux. Uh, thank you to you guys. And then tech director Harry Davies did a fantastic job. And Gina Thompson as well on the tech side saved my butt on more than one occasion. And thanks to all of you guys. Oh, and Uncle Roy. Oh my God, I forgot Uncle Roy. Uncle Roy running the audio in the back. <laughs> Uncle Roy Yokelson from Antland Productions. Thanks to everybody for making this a seamless experience and doing a fantastic job. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Coming up, I promise John Malone we will have your episode out as soon as possible. You're next, buddy. We have an episode with John Malone, fantastic voice actor from L.A. He's currently the voice of Sonny for Kellogg's Raisin Bran and a host of other projects. And then after that, we have Dari Allen Nieve. So stay tuned for those. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 